Hello, my name is Father Jerry Chilko. I'm a Redemptorist priest stationed at St. Peter the Apostle Church and the National Shrine of St. John Newman in Philadelphia. Today is the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. Let us pray. God of everlasting mercy, who in the very recurrence of the Paschal Feast Kindle the faith of the people you have made your own. Increase the grace you have bestowed, that all may grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, and by whose blood they have been redeemed. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and bring your hand, and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. If I mention the names of certain of our Lord's apostles and disciples and asked you to think of the first word that comes to mind, it's unlikely that everyone would come up with the same word. For example, if I mentioned the name Judas, many would think of the word traitor or betrayal, but not all of them. If I mentioned Simon Peter, some of you would think the words the rock, or 
the opposite, the denier, but again, not all of you. But when I say the name Thomas, almost everyone thinks doubt. We have associated Thomas so closely with this word that we even have the phrase to describe him and those like him, Doubting Thomas. In the first three Gospels, we are told very little about Thomas, except for his name. It's in John's Gospel that he emerges as a distinct personality. But even there, there are only 155 words about him, which is not a lot to go on. But there is more than one description. For example, when Jesus turned toward Jerusalem, the disciples thought that it would mean certain death for all of them. Surprisingly, it was Thomas who said, then let us go, so that we may die with him. A courageous statement, yet we don't remember him for that. We also forget that in the story of Thomas's doubt, we have the one place in all the Gospels where the divinity of Christ is stated boldly and unequivocally. It's interesting that the story that gives Thomas his nickname is the same story that has him making a confession of faith, my Lord and my God. It is the only place where Jesus is called God without any qualification. It is uttered with conviction, as if Thomas were simply recognizing a fact, like the sky is blue. My Lord and my God, those are not the words of a doubter. So what can we learn from Thomas? First, Jesus did not blame Thomas for his initial doubts. So often we handle doubt by equating it with disbelief. But Jesus never condemned Thomas. I think he understood that once Thomas worked through his doubts, he would be one of the most steadfast men of all the disciples. I myself am suspicious of people who say they never have any doubts, people who always seem so sure. Authentic faith always begins with intellectual honesty, and doubt is part of honesty. In other words, faith is not the absence of doubt, it is the overcoming of doubt. Alfred Lloyd Tennyson once said, there, are li there lies more faith in honest doubt than in half the, the creeds. How often do we find ourselves crying out as the man in the gospel, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Secondly, from Thomas we can learn that the most important things in life can never be proven. Jesus said, Thomas, you have believed because you have seen. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet still believe. I don't know how that makes you feel, but it's very comforting to me. Because Jesus is talking about you and me. We will never see Jesus in this life. We will not have the chance to put our finger in the nail marks. 
we will not get the chance to touch his pierced side. It will never be proven to us that he rose from the dead. Jesus understands it's harder for us to believe than for Thomas, and so he counts us blessed. As I mentioned, though, the most important things in life can never be proven. How can we conclusively prove the qualities of love, friendship, or faith? How can you establish beyond a shadow of a doubt your devotion to your spouse or your children? Could any one of us pre present verifiable evidence that love exists? It's important that we leave room for spirituality in our view. That does not rule out science, and that does not rule out reason. What it does mean is that the most important things in our life will never be conclusively proved. On a daily and even momentary basis, we need to live by faith. What exists in heaven cannot be proved on earth. It must be believed. And so we learn a third lesson from Thomas. We must move beyond doubt to faith. It's all right to doubt, but as disciples, we need to move beyond doubt. Jesus told Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Disbelief is a normal part of life, but it's not healthy to remain in disb disbelief. Live in faith until you have it, and then because you have it, you will live in faith. In other words, we can act as if we have already passed from doubt to faith. And because we are acting it out, it will eventually come to us. Or, more simply, fake it till you make it. There are times in our lives when we will face grief, disappointment, pain, depression. When these things happen, our hold on God can weaken. When moments of true, deep doubt come, here is something we can hold on to. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. I say this because in moments of spiritual light, God shows us the true reality. Those moments of spiritual insight are important because they allow us to get through the many dark nights of doubt that come into all our lives. In moments of doubt, in moments of light, God has told us that he will never desert us. Don't ever doubt that. In moments of light, God has told us that resurrection is a reality. Don't ever let the darkness cause you to doubt that. In moments of light, God has told us that he loves us. Don't ever doubt that in the darkness. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. This weekend, as we celebrate our Lord's divine mercy, 
May we with Thomas greet Jesus in our hearts and say, My Lord and my God. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that our reception of this Paschal Sacrament may have a continual effect in our minds and hearts through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.